On this episode, Gregory Dickow presents a one-year challenge all around personal development. He gives some practical steps and habits you can implement in your life that will help you cultivate your worth and become the best version of yourself this year. I got some really good stuff here to help you develop as, as people. And, you know, one of the things that I've been saying for the last several weeks, and you guys have been hearing me say this, that um, our philosophy of ministry is not to condone lifestyles or to condemn people's lifestyles, but to cultivate people's worth. And, um, and really, that, that can be controversial if, you know, people think, well, shouldn't the church be telling people what's right and wrong? And in a sense, we are telling people what's right and wrong. We're telling them the right way to think about themselves, the right way to think about God, the right way to think about themselves, which will result in the right way of living. They'll make right choices based on their sense of true worth and true value, which is a part of our, our mission. You know, our mission statement is, you know, is capsulated in you know, raising people up to their true sense of worth. Yeah. And, um, and empowering them to rise to their true worth and their purpose. So, so I'm very excited about that because uh, I really feel like um, that is the secret to it all, is cultivating our worth. That's the secret to living the life that God created us to live. It's the secret to really being happy. It's the secret to a powerful existence. It's the secret to, uh, to truly appreciating your relationship with God. I don't think you can really value your relationship with God as much if you don't value yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. What, to think that he, he <coughs> wants to be in a relationship with you uh, should elevate your sense of worth and value, as well as it should also elevate your sense of humility. You know, it's both, it, it produces both a humility in, wow, that he, that he would give me that value, that he would ascribe that value to me and to you, and and that, that it gives us a greater sense of our worth that he would want to be in a relationship with us. So that should, see, like I could say to you, you know, Carla, you really need to pray more. You haven't been praying enough. And uh, you'll feel bad about that. You'll feel like, you know, you'll want to please me to, to do that. You'll feel like you want to please God to, to pray more. If I tell you, you just need to pray more, you know you're not praying enough, right? And you would agree with that if I if I put it that way. Yeah, boy, I'm I'm probably not praying enough. But our uh, but the the idea of not enough should never be the motivation to do anything in our lives. That sense of 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 shaming someone into becoming something better, shaming some someone into trying harder, is really uh, it's 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 ungodly. It's, it's, not, it's not God's version. It's not God's way. It's, it shouldn't be the church's way. And yet the church, not, hopefully not this church, but the church in general has been shaming people into obedience for centuries. Mm -hmm. yes. And parents have been shaming their kids into obedience for, for, for hundreds and a couple thousand or, or multiple thousands of years. I really want you guys to get a hold of the spirit of our house. Yeah. And the spirit of our house is cultivating worth. Yes. It's yes. believing in people. It's yeah. believing in the God deposit that he, that he puts in each of us. 
He's living inside of us, and he's deposited things inside of us. It's, it's just a double, triple blessing. It's a quadruple blessing. So instead of me commanding Carla to pray more and shaming her into praying more, I would, I would say to you, Carla, do you realize how, how valuable you are to God? You're the apple of his eye. You're his prized possession. He longs to be with you. He loves spending time. Every time you even wake up, he's excited. Like he's, he's on the edge of his seat in heaven. He's on the edge of his throne waiting for you to wake up. That's how much he's excited to see you. Like if I tell you that, which is the truth uh, for all of us, now guess what? Now, you, now you're probably, whoa, really? I'm wouldn't that more motivate you to want to spend time with him? Yeah. He's on the edge of his throne waiting for us to wake up wow. every morning. That's how much he wants to be with us. Really like that will inspire me to want to pray yeah. more than, well, you know, everybody should pray more. Everybody needs to fast more. Everybody needs to, you know, just give more effort. Now, I'm going to talk about effort here in a minute, but it has to all be under the umbrella of cultivating worth yeah. most of our effort should be in developing and cultivating our sense of worth not our effort to be worthy but our effort to discover yeah. our worth and value and um and so it's 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 worthy people worshiping a worthy god it's not unworthy people worshiping a worthy god because a worthy god does not value worship from unworthy things does that make sense you guys like god doesn't see us as unworthy yeah he doesn't see us as devalued and, and small in value because that if if small valued things are worshiping him what glory is in that but if the crown of his creation which is what we are if the crown of his creation is worshiping him that's powerful to god yeah he, he he's a, he gets excited about that he wants us to know we're the crown of his creation. That doesn't make us, that makes us worship him more, that he made us that. It doesn't make me want to worship him less. Oh, I'm the crown of his creation, so I, I'm sort of right below him. He made me a little lower than him. I don't, I don't need to worship him. No, that, that makes me want to worship him more. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's great. Um, so that, that's my first thought on, on where I want to go with this. And, and I want to encourage everybody in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and if you just let, give me a few minutes to get this out, it'll really help, um, it'll really help us all. First, because I'm, I'm committed to your development. I'm committed to your development, and I'm not focusing on your development as, a, as an employee. I believe in that, and I believe you need to take this and apply it to your profession and apply it to where you serve and apply it to those things. But I want to, I want to cultivate and develop, help develop that sense of, of worth in you and develop you as a person, help develop you as an individual, as a person, as a, as a, as a child of God, as a human being. And then you'll, you'll carry that into everything you, you do. So I'm gonna hand you the ball Here's your, here's your worth, here's your value, and then you're going to run over the goal line yourself with it. Amen? Um, so 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, Let no one despise or think less of you because of your youth. He said, But rather, be an example 
for the believers in your speech, in your conduct, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. He said, till I come, Paul says to Timothy, until I come, devote yourself to reading, to exhortation, preaching, and personal appeals, and to teaching and instilling doctrine. Do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit through prophetic utterance, uh, through the laying on of hands. Then he says, practice and cultivate and meditate upon these things. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry, that your progress may be evident to everybody. Now, notice what he's saying. He's saying to Timothy, throw yourself into developing yourself so that your progress may be evident to all. You're not doing it so that people will see you. He's saying, do it to the point where it becomes evident. He's saying, develop yourself to the point where it becomes evident to others. And so here's my, here's my word for you today, and I'm going to build on this. One year from now, my, my, my word for you and my challenge to you is, one year from now, will you be willing to commit to one year from now looking and saying, wow, I gave my best chance of developing myself over the last year? Because if you will follow the, some of the things I'm going to give you for the next year, you will cultivate your worth and you will multiply your value to this world. You will cultivate your worth and you will multiply your value to this world so much so that it will be obvious to everybody. We're not doing it to make it obvious to everybody. We're doing it to the degree that leaves no doubt that you have developed yourself in the last year. So my word is be devoted to development. Be devoted to development, personal development. He even says, take pains with these things in in the scripture. Cultivate, he says, practice, cultivate, give yourself wholly to them. Neglect not the gift that's in you. See, I'm not trying to tell you to go become something. I'm trying to tell you there's something inside of you and your whole, the next year of your life, 2019, I want you to dedicate to wholly developing yourself. Yeah. Not wholly, H-O-L-Y, although that's fine too, but wholly, completely, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Wholly de- de- devote yourself to development. Okay? Yeah. Because one year from now, I, I promise you, if you follow these things and these thoughts and this concept, everybody is going to notice. It says here, your progress will be evident to all. Like, if you look back a year from now, could you say between last year at this time and this year at this time, your progress is evident to all. Don't beat yourself up if it's not. But I think for some of us, we couldn't really say, yeah, our progress is evident to all over the last year. But because it takes intentionality. It takes for you to be intentional in developing yourself. And I'll give you some of the steps to take. But it's so important that we wake up to who we are. Your loyalty is vital. Your love is essential, but loyalty and love without a commitment to development will limit you and it will limit those around you. Did you hear me? Your loyalty and your love are critical. They are essential. 
but we they must be coupled with a commitment to your own development. Otherwise, you limit yourself. So let me make a couple statements. Your, your worst <coughs> enemy, or let me put it to you this way, your greatest asset is inside of you, and so is your worst enemy. Your worst enemy is not like out there somewhere. It's your uncultivated self that is your worst enemy. It's your, it's that, that fake you in you, that, that, that flesh you in you, that, uh, that you in you that you don't even really like. That you in you has got to step aside. And the real you in you has to rise up and lead yourself. So how do we do this? How are we going to, one year from now, say, wow, I really developed myself and I gave myself and I pained myself to develop myself. I awakened my value within. How, how, how are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? Number one, you have to believe in your worth enough to take care of your soul. You have to believe in your worth enough to take care of your soul. And I'll tell you how to do that in a minute, too, how to take care of your soul, give you some things to do that. But, um, but you have to believe in yourself enough. You have to believe in your value enough. If a pair of sparrows can't fall to the ground without your Heavenly Father noticing and you have much more value than them, then you got to start waking up to your value. You know, he, he knows every hair on our head because he values every hair on your head, not because he, just because he knows everything, but he cares so deeply. So believe in, your, believe in, your, in yourself enough to take care of your soul. To, you have to take care of your soul. When you're at home, you should be taking care of your soul by meditating on God's word, by praying in tongues. I want to say something about praying in tongues. Maybe you didn't grow up praying in tongues. Maybe you got born again and and, and you didn't hear about praying in tongues. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm only sitting here today because of praying in tongues. Because praying in tongues is the most powerful gift after being born again. The most powerful gift God gives us is the ability to pray in the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit is praying through us. Like the Holy Spirit, the Bible says when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays. It says when you pray in tongues, you're giving thanks to God well. It says when you pray in tongues, you're building yourself up in your most holy faith. It says when you pray in tongues, you're edifying yourself. It says when you pray in tongues, you're, you're speaking mysteries to God. When you pray in tongues, you're unraveling answers. You're unraveling mysteries when you pray in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you're releasing and activating your faith. If that's not a gift you're using, I strongly, strongly encourage you, start using this beautiful gift. It makes me smile just thinking about it. It gets my spirit all fired up just thinking about praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is such a powerful weapon. And I'm going to make a statement about praying in tongues, you guys. Um, you can find out anything if you pray in tongues. You can find out anything if you pray in tongues long enough because because tongues is God's language it's the language of the spirit it's actually the language of love because he says um, because he talks about how when you're praying in tongues you're you're interceding 
You're interceding. You're praying the will of God for yourself and for others. So what better thing could you, what more loving thing could you do for somebody else than to pray the perfect will of God for them? That's love. You're, when you pray in tongues, you're loving in the spirit. You're loving in the spirit. And this is such a powerful gift, you guys. Um, you say, well, if we talk about that, will we lose members? No. People are hungry for the Holy Spirit in this world. The Catholics are, are wanting to pray in tongues. The, the Baptists are wanting to pray in tongues. The Methodists are wanting to pray in All these denominations, they, they don't want to preach about it, but they all want the gift. And it's available to every believer. And, and religion will tell you, no, it's, it's just for some people, but that's just, that's, that's uh, what's the word? That's, that's sort of, uh, you know how there's racism, sexism, that's like tongueism. Why would you? Why would you say this is for some people but not for others? Why would anybody dis exclude anybody? It's, this is a gift for everybody. The Bible says, and Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll speak in tongues. They'll speak in new tongues. It, it's for those who believe. You know, in fact, I tell you, it's probably the humblest thing that you can do when you're alone. Because what, what else can you do when you're alone that's humble? Like, you can't do anything for anybody else that's humble. Like, when you're by yourself, there's, there's nothing you're doing that's, gonna, that, that's humbling in a sense that, for, that helps anybody else. But praying in tongues is humbling yourself because what you're doing is you're saying, my mind is not in control. My natural reasoning is not in control of my life. My spirit is. And I'm willing to sound silly before God, and I'm willing to sound like I don't know what I'm saying, because you don't know what you're saying, because the Bible says when you pray in tongues, no one understands, but in your spirit, you're speaking mysteries to God. Uh, this, this is how you cultivate your worth. It's like praying in tongues is like cultivating the soil, your soil inside of you. It's softening your heart. It's making your soil ready for the seeds to be planted in it. I know it's this is I know this is like a lot of uh, on one point but boy I hope you get a hold of this you guys as leaders you have to be you have to have conviction about what you believe okay like we believe in this church from from what the bible teaches and I I've, I've had this argument I've had this discussion with non tongue talking preachers and when I've had this discussion with them, none of them have ever said, well, that's just not biblical. None of them. When I, take, when I share with them my position, like I've been in discussions where they've said, well, I don't preach that and I don't teach that and I don't even do that, but why do you take that position? And I say, well, here's why, because the scripture says this in Mark 16, and the scripture says this in 1 Corinthians 14, and the scripture says this in 1 Corinthians 12, and the scripture says this in Acts chapter 10, and the scripture says this in Luke chapter 11, and the scripture says this in Isaiah chapter 28. And by the time I'm done telling them what the scripture says, they're like, I can't argue that. I can't argue with that, because there is no arguing with scripture. But the people will say, well, there is one place where it says tongues isn't, uh, not everybody speaks in tongues in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But when he says not everybody speaks in tongues, he's talking about not everybody has speaks in tongues as their prophetic gift, as their spiritual gift in a public setting. 
not everybody speaks in tongues in a church service to the you know in the microphone or to the public that's what he's saying he's saying just like he's saying not everybody has the gift of miracles everybody can experience a miracle but not everybody has the ministry of miracles everybody can everybody can uh, can pray in tongues but not everybody has the ministry of tongues to use it publicly in a, in front of an audience where you would need an interpretation with that tongue um everybody can can heal the sick but not everybody has the ministry of healing every everybody can can be sent out to share the gospel but not everybody has the ministry of an apostle everybody can prophesy but not everybody has the ministry of a prophet you see that's what he's talking about when he says not everybody speaks in tongues in an office or in a ministry position not everybody is a it has the ministry of a tongue talker, but everybody has the gift. Everybody can have the gift of speaking in tongues to God. Okay, you guys with me? All right, moving on, moving on. Praying in tongues, man, that's how you cultivate that stuff. Um, also, the next thing to do to develop yourself is make your words count. Make your words count. Your word is the most valuable thing you have businesses and corporations they look for people whose words matter the people we minister to they need our words to matter when we say good to see you they need to believe that we believe that when we say i want to pray for you they need to believe that we believe that and that we're going to do that when you say i'm going to take that class to improve myself or i'm going to serve in that ministry or i'm going to show up on time or i'll be at the huddle uh, or, or i'm going to listen to that teaching from wednesday night that that i heard was really good but i was in youth and i couldn't hear it or i'm going to lose that weight or <laughs> is your word worth anything do you, when you say those things do you do them see your word your word is valuable and, and, and you're, you need to make your words count. And I want to show you something. In Mark 11, 23, I know, I'm, I know we're, 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 we're digging deep here, but this will really set you free. Um, in Mark 11, 23, we're having some Bible study now because uh, I missed some of you guys last night, I think. Um, <laughs> Jesus said, Truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be taken up, and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says. Listen. He says, Jesus has given us a secret here. When you say to the mountain, be removed, it only works if you believe what you say. And if you keep make, if you, if your, if your words, if you don't make your words count, then when it comes time to speaking to the mountain, you won't believe what you say and the mountain won't either because if you don't believe what you say the mountain's not going to believe what you say if you don't believe what you say the demon's not going to believe what you say if you don't believe what you say that sick body that you speak to it's not going to believe what you say if you don't believe what you say jesus said that the mountain's going to move when you believe what you say in your heart be removed and cast and see and it shall be granted to you when you believe what you say God doesn't we don't need to convince God we don't need to convince the mountain we need to believe what we say so if you say so that's going to make us all quiet right it's going to make us never want to say anything 
because we don't want to ever break our promise. And I'm not saying God doesn't, God's not judging you over the promises that you make. But your atmosphere is. The atmosphere around you is, is, it, it is affected by what you believe about what you say. So when you say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, make your words count by doing it. And if you blow it, you're, you're already forgiven, but you got to understand you just start over and start making your words count from that point on. And if you fall, what do the righteous do when they fall? They get up. Faith works when we, when we believe what we say. Faith works when we believe what we say. That is the power within us. It's, it's not just what, what, what you say to others. It's what you say to yourself. Keep your word to yourself. Okay? Don't be satisfied with past progress. Be thankful for past progress, but don't settle for past progress. This is how you, one year from now, will have cultivated your worth and, been, and you will have become so much more uh, valuable to this world. It's very important to understand your righteousness so that you don't, condemn, you don't feel condemned when you're, when you're awakening the boss within you when you awaken the boss within you, you don't, wanna, you don't want the boss to beat you up. You don't want your boss within you to make you feel guilty. You don't want the boss within you to condemn you. So you have to have a strong sense of righteousness. I, I have the gift of righteousness, right? So you have to have this conversation within yourself where the gift of righteousness, where the boss within you is like, come on, let's make some progress here. Let's read another book. Let's read another chapter. Let's pray in tongues another 10 minutes. The boss needs to say that, and, but then the boss might get a little harsh and say, and you should, feel, you should really feel bad you haven't done this, and that's where righteousness has to speak. And say, no, I don't need to feel bad, boss. Settle down. That's where you got to keep yourself in check with yourself. Right? You need to say, no, I'm the righteousness of God. Like sometimes you have to have that conversation within yourself. You have to be willing to, to unleash the boss within, but don't imprison the righteous within, the righteousness within. You, both of those guys need to be active inside of you. And they need to partner up and they need to negotiate with each other. And right, gift of righteousness needs to say, look, I just need a nap right now and I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna feel condemned about it. And the boss within needs to be like, okay, take, you know, take a few minutes and have a nap. And I, I really want you to see like these two forces inside of you. They're two, like the animals inside of you. They're, they're not animals, but they're, they're forces inside, inside of you. But in a sense, they, they, you know, the lion shall lie down with the lamb, the Bible says. So the lion is the this boss within you, and the lamb is the shed for your righteousness. So the, they really is animals. I was right the first time. Uh, <laughs> be a servant. Be servant-minded. You can only be servant-minded if you're righteousness minded because then you're serving not from a deficit but you're serving from a sense of knowledge i know who i am so i can serve people and i'm not i don't feel inferior when i'm serving others okay um don't allow a day to go by that you don't try to improve something improve something about you improve something about your department improve something about 
you know, how you, how you speak, improve something about what you read, improves, don't, don't let a day go by, like, at the end of the day, like, okay, what did I improve today, and, and if you get to that point where you ask yourself, and the answer is nothing, then just read, you know, I, I think the best, the two best things you could, you can always do when you, when you need to make some progress, read and be generous in some way, read and give to the poor, read or give, you know, give something, like read something or give something. These are just two ways to improve yourself and improve somebody's life and improve your life. Um, is this, is this too much for you guys? I've got a few more. i got a few more. Um, uh, continually take inventory of what's inside of you. Philemon verse 6 says our faith becomes active, our faith becomes effective by acknowledging what's already inside of us. Be aware that the best thing you can do whenever you're, there's a deficit, whenever there's a problem in your life, whenever you're feeling discouraged, is take inventory of what's inside of you. I always start with 2 Timothy 1.7. That's, that's, I start right there. That's what's inside of me, power, love, and a sound mind. I have those three things as a base, no matter what, in my mind. Like, I want to take more of an inventory, but I always at least start there, and you, don't, you won't stay discouraged very long when you realize what's inside of you. Um, let me say the next point is create an atmosphere of victory. Create an atmosphere of victory. That's positive thoughts, positive words, positive emotions. That, you're, that, that you don't allow your mood to create your atmosphere. As soon as you feel moody, get on top of that and emanate positive words and positive emotions and positive thoughts. These are just building blocks for you developing yourself over the next 12 months. If you don't do all of these things by tomorrow, let, let the gift of righteousness speak to you, <laughs> you know, okay? But if you don't start tomorrow, let the boss within you speak to you, okay? Um, so, and that my next point is this, and this is really, if you could just get this one today, it would be powerful. Have a happy spirit. Have a happy spirit. That's a happy demeanor. That's a happy at attitude. Have a happy spirit. Um, you know, a smiling salesman has the deal half made. A smiling salesman has the deal half made in, in business. If you would think about what God has done for you, you will start co cultivating a happy spirit. You got to see, you got to think about um, what, what God has done. Think about thankful for what God has done. Thankful and thankful will make you have a happy spirit. Mothers who smile will have a happier home. Fathers who smile will have more secure children. We remember a glad face. We remember somebody smiling. We want to forget other looks, don't we? <laughs> Our voices are more powerful when we smile. I have to practice that, like practice 
practice what I preach <laughs> and practice while I preach. I've got to like, you know, sometimes do this to myself to get me in the habit of smile. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm a yeller. I get passionate, but I have to like pull back sometimes and, and say, I got to make sure that I'm also positive and happy and, and emanating that. Yeah. That's, that's something you have to do deliberately. That's Some good. people have that naturally, and I, I, I envy them. Yes, I confess the sin of envy and jealousy. I'm not repenting of it, but I'm admitting it. Uh, <laughs> I'll repent of it later. Um, okay, but um, the happy spirit, all this other stuff doesn't work if you don't cultivate a happy spirit. Good. People that come to church, they don't need your mood. They don't need my moodiness. They don't need my, you know, pouting and my negativity and my rough day. We're ministers. So we have to rise up above self and above uh, our own troubles. And we got we to gotta worship our way through it and help others worship their way through it and not give up. And you guys that are worship leaders, which is all of us, we can't read the room and let that set the temperature. We must set the temperature. That's what I try to do when I take the microphone. I'm not like, okay, how are people feeling? Let me see. Let me just bring myself to what to to the mood of the room. No, I'm going to bring the mood of the room up to what I think it should be. Yeah, yeah. You got to own that the stage without being, you know, self-centered. All right. My next point is, well, I'm going to just close with a few simple thoughts on how to do this because I, I got a lot here, but um, not, not enough time. But where are the winners in the world today? Where are the champions in the world today? In the church, in the world, I don't mean in the world, worldliness, I just mean in general, in the earth. Where are the champions in the earth? Let me tell you where they are. They're cultivating their worth, they're learning, they're growing, they're humble, they're, and, and, and they're awakening the greatness that's inside of them. That's where they are. Where are the champions? Where are the winners? They're cultivating, they're learning, they're growing, they're, they're humble, they're hungry, they're awakening the champion within them. And that's what I want every one of us here to learn to do. Everyone has ability, but you have to develop it. In closing out today's um, time together, again, how do you cultivate this stuff? How do you develop? you got to develop a group of excellent habits, okay? Studying is an excellent habit. you got to s- develop the habit of studying the Bible. you got to develop the habit of reading other things. Readers are leaders. I keep telling Roman that. Readers are leaders. Readers are leaders. He, he loves to play video games. But when it, when it comes time to reading, he's, he's, not, he's not like, yeah. <laughs> but I want him to get to that place. And I'm going to keep reinforcing. Readers are leaders. Readers are leaders. Readers are leaders. Don't get left behind. Readers are leaders. Don't get left behind. Readers are leaders. Readers are leaders. Reader. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Read, read, read. Read the Bible. Read bio, biographies. Read articles. Read, but read whatever you want. Read stuff. You know, read stuff that helps develop you. Read things that you're interested in. If you, like, if you love cooking, read about cooking until, until people would pay to eat your cooking. You know, if you like, 
if you like cars, read about cars until people are asking you how to fix theirs. Pray in tongues. Give something away on a regular basis. This is, these are habits to develop, excellent habits. Um, learn to make moments count, and the hours will take care of themselves. Make this a habit of making moments count. Like, this is a moment. I see this as a moment. This counts to me. I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to get done with this. You might feel that way, but I, I don't feel that way. Because I feel like this is imparting something to you. It's a piece of me. It's a piece of the God deposit in me. And, and you got to remember, whether I, move, whether I go on with the Lord or not, which I'm not planning to stop, but whether I go on with the Lord or not, the truth goes marching on awesome. right his truth is marching on and you need to take these truths and continue to to operate in them all almost all the people that led me to the lord in the first five years or so of my christian life they were all way ahead of me and and none of them are serving god now or passionately using their gift or leading others with their gift anymore I, I went on, I had to go on, even though they didn't. And you got to remember, that's what happens. People fail, people stumble, people stop, people get tired, people give up. That's why we got to cultivate worth. Yeah. I could give up, I could give up. Many times over the years I could give up if I didn't cultivate worth and say, you know what, but I'm, I'm, I'm valuable to God's kingdom. Yeah. I have worth. I'm, I matter. I don't want to just throw my life away. I matter. You matter. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Throwing my life away also means not cultivating myself. That's kind of throwing my life away. Yeah. I have to develop myself or I'm throwing my potential away. Make a habit of reviewing your life at where you need improvement. Make a habit of, improve, of identifying where you could use improvement and make a habit of becoming an authority in your field. Become an authority in your field. How do you become an authority? It's not by being bossy. <laughs> you become an authority by mastering the knowledge of the field you're in. Let me make one last point. It is the you in you that is going to win. It is the you in you. It's the unseen you that wins the fight. It's the unseen you that is the one that I want to know and that you want to know the unseen in me. The seen you, the person that we can see might, might be attractive or repellent, but it's the unseen you that needs to run the machine of your life. It's the unseen you. It's the you inside of you. That's the one that's going to build you into a success. That's the one that's going to make you um, work hard. That's the one that's going to make you diligent. It just all goes back to awakening the boss within. So um, it's, it's that unseen you in you that you have to develop. And that's the one that's going to win, okay? Don't give up on yourself because of your flaws, because that unseen you inside of you is the one who's going to put you over the top, okay? The spirit man in you. Good stuff.